right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. A CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... I'm E.G. Marshall. I hope you're ready for a long journey, because we're going to take you to a faraway place called Easter Island. It's an island in the South Pacific, which has fascinated the world's explorers for centuries. What makes Easter Island so intriguing is the mystery of its great stone gods. Carved out of volcanic rock, these gigantic idols, 30 to 60 feet high, stand upturned to the sky perhaps to worship, or perhaps to wait. What are they waiting for? What can explain the mystery of the statues? You may hear the answer in this story of Jobo. Who is Jobo? Daddy, just look at this photograph. Please. Well, some other time, I'm all right. But look at this man. Don't you see what I see? It doesn't look very bright, does he? Don't you see the resemblance? He looks like an Easter Island god. Our mystery drama, Jobo, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Henry Slesser and stars Earl Hammond. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Exlax. I'll be back shortly for that one. Gods of Easter Island, mammoth figures hacked out of stone with primitive hand tools, hundreds of them. They were all alike, long-eared, long-nosed, thin-bodied figures with a topknot of red stone balanced on their heads. When the Dutch Admiral Rochefane first landed on the island on an Easter Sunday in 1922, he met the descendants of the people who had built the statues. Most of them were pure Polynesian. And the island was dotted with dozens of secret caves, shelters created as refuges against some unknown invader. To this day, no one knows what they feared. But some people, like the well-known archaeologist Professor John Tillotson, had theories. David, it's very good of you to come all the way from Boston. I hope you find it worthwhile. Well, if I can get to see your daughter, Professor, that'll make it worthwhile all by itself. <laughs> Well, Alma's upstairs working on that thesis of hers, as usual. <laughs> I'm hoping she'll join us for dinner, however. Oh, uh, here's what I want to show you. It's on my desk someplace, here. Yeah? Yes, there it is. Yeah, look at it, Dave. Uh -huh. It's a miniature Easter Island statue, right? Well, that's what it looks like to me. Only not made of stone, as you can see. It's metal. Hmm. Very nice. If you like ugly-looking statues. Ugly? Oh, well, yes, I suppose some people would find these faces grotesque. 
And I've been living with them for such a long time, they're almost beautiful to me. Anyway, there's something very unusual about this statue. What's that? It appears to be indestructible. Look, are you kidding? I'm not a metallurgist, of course, so I know nothing about the properties of the thing, but I've studied it. And that was the conclusion. But, uh, uh, slow down now. Uh, where'd you get this thing in the first place? Well, it was sent to me as a gift by Everett Kluerman. Uh, you know Professor Kluerman, don't you? Oh, sure. I met him right in this room a couple of years ago. Come to think of it, you were talking about Easter Island that night. Yeah, that's right. I got Everett all upset. I told him that I believed the original inhabitants of Rapa Nui, that's what the natives call the island, were indeed Polynesian. Uh-huh. And the red-headed types, they were the descendants of an alien invader, right? Yes, that uh, seems only too obvious, doesn't it? <laughs> but as I recall it, you thought the invader came from outer space. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I was only joking that night. But it uh, was possible, wasn't it? The islanders worshipped the sun and venerated birds. That might have been because of the spaceship, the uh, bird which came from the sun. I meant it as a joke until Everett sent me this thing. This statue he bought from an Easter Island native who swore on his ancestors that he removed it from the belly of a large fish. Mm-hmm. Like Jonah. Now, Dave, let, let me read you Sam Schaefer's letter. Who? An old schoolmate, now head of the Schaefer Metals Laboratory in Chicago. Dear John, says he, for the love of heaven, will you tell me where this thing came from? If it's a joke, I give up. Our people could not melt it, dent it, even scratch it with diamond tools. It's the hardest metal I've encountered in a lifetime of study, John, and you must contact me at once. Hmm. Sounds weird, all right. Uh, let me see that thing again. Here. Daddy, was there any mail? Oh. Hello, Dave. I didn't know you were here. Hello, Alma. How are you? Fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, it's all right. I'm uh, glad to see you again. I was just telling Dave about my new Easter Island mystery. Oh, yes. Statue. Isn't it incredible, Dave? It is incredible, if uh, if it's true. Of course it is. Sam Schaefer said so. Well, even scientists make mistakes. You see, Daddy, I told you Dave would be negative. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I didn't say I was negative. I'm just trying to... If I didn't have my darn thesis to finish, I'd go on this expedition with Daddy, and he wouldn't need you. Expedition? What are you talking about? Oh, Dave, I'm afraid that was the real reason I asked you to come over today. I'm thinking of making another journey to Rapa Nui. I was wondering if you might uh, care to come along. A journey? Well, well, there's nothing I'd like better, but... Well, the South Pacific is a long way from Daddy, here. Daddy, I came in to ask about the mill. Was there anything for oh, me? Oh, yes, yes, there was. Let's see. It's uh, right on my desk. Uh... <laughs> Everything's on that desk of yours, including the breakfast you no, never finished. Uh, oh, here it is. Mm. Seems to be some out-of-town newspaper. Oh, good. I've been waiting for this. The Tennessee Times-Dispatch. You have friends in Tennessee, Alma? I might have. Excuse me, I have to look for something. Uh, Dave, I uh, don't expect you to make up your mind on the spot. I'm sure you have other commitments. Well, there's but... nothing I can't oh, get out of. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, uh, here's what. The story I was looking for. I saw an AP pickup on the story in the local paper, but there were so few details, and the photograph was such a blur that. Well, anyway, I sent for the original edition. Well, what's the story about? About a farm boy or something like that. His name is Job Haley. Daddy, just 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 look at this photograph. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you see the resemblance? He looks like an Easter Island god. <laughs> the people in this house have got Easter Island on the brain. Well, just look at it closely, Daddy. Look look mm. at that long face, the ears, the nose, the hair. 
Oh, I knew he'd be a redhead. And he is. What does the headline say? It says, Superman in the Backwoods. Question mark. Oh, Alma, this is ridiculous. You're, you're, you're so interested in not wasting time, and here you are. Well, let just... me read you the story, okay? Oh. It's dated last week, and it says, Chief County lies buried in the hills of Tennessee and developed its own legends and heroes. One local legend was brought to public attention this week with the arrest of Job Haley, 24, a six foot six, 180-pound red-headed farmhand whose unusual strength has long been a subject of local wonder. Oh, well, that, that's quite oh, enough. No, please, no, Daddy, I... let me finish. Job Haley, known as Jobo, mm. by the residents of Chief County, is reputed to have the strength of six men and proved it to the misfortune of a Nashville professional wrestler named Lou Dapper. Well, uh, Alma, please, I, I just don't see the point of this interruption. But you do see a point in that statue, don't you? Well, one thing has nothing to do with another. Well, the only reason you want to make this ridiculous journey to the South Pacific, bad health and all, is because of a chunk of metal that happens to look like an Easter Island god. Well, what's wrong with that? But, Daddy, I am showing you a living, breathing human who looks like your statue. Well, doesn't that mean anything to you? Maybe this farm boy's folks came from Polynesia originally. All the way to the hills of Tennessee. Oh. Alma, what do you expect me to do about this uh, resemblance? It's surely just a coincidence. And the fact that he's stronger than six men? All right. You two scientists go on your expedition, and I will go on mine. What are you talking about? When you go to Easter Island, Daddy, I am going to Tennessee. Will you sit down, Miss Tillerson? Oh, thank you. My name is Dr. Richmond, by the way. I'm attached to the psychiatric section of the Cumberland Hospital... The court asked me to examine young Joe Bailey. It was very good of you to talk to me, Doctor. Well, since you've come such a long way on this matter, although I'm not uh, clear what your interest is. <laughs> well, I'm not sure myself. I I'm simply very curious to meet Joe Haley. You see, I'm, I'm writing a paper for my doctorate, and uh, one of the subjects I'm dealing with is, well, I guess you'd call it myth. <laughs> I'm afraid you've been listening to a lot of silly stories, Miss Tillerson. You mean it isn't true? I mean about Jobo and his superhuman strength? Oh, I'm sure he's a strong young man, all right, but I'd say he's definitely uh, subnormal in other ways. Oh? It's plainly a form of microcephaly, limited cranial development. Oh. And from what we've learned of his paternity, the trait is recessive. Oh, you, you think that that he might be a moron? Would you like to talk to Jobo yourself? He's right outside. Oh, yes, I would. Fine. I was about to give him one of the standard intelligence tests. Excuse me. Come in, Jobo. Yes, sir. Jobo, I'd like you to meet Miss Alma Tillis. She'd like to hear a little bit about you. Uh, how do you do, miss? Uh, hello, Jobo. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear what happened. I mean about that man you hurt? Well, I didn't mean to hurt him. Uh, that's what I told him, miss. I was running to get Doc Blaze on account of my ma was sick, and that feller was in the way of it. He jumped on me and wanted to wrestle me, and I didn't have time for it. Are you sure that's what happened, Jobo? The witnesses say you attacked first. 
You ever lie, Joe? Oh, no, sir. I never lie. The Lord wouldn't like that. Jobo, uh, you remember anything about your father? Uh, no, sir. I don't know any kin folks. Now that my ma's dead, ain't nobody loves me now. Your mother's dead? <clears throat> uh, yes, she uh, died that same day. Oh. The day Jobo got into trouble. Yeah, well, well, that man got in the way, you see. And that's why I have to hurt him so bad. Is it? true that you're you're very very strong you were angry that day that's why you were so strong wasn't it jobo uh, if you say so doctor well now let's take that little test i told you about jobo you see this box full of wooden pieces well, the box is full of holes some of them are square shaped some of them are round shaped now the square pieces fit into the square holes and the round pieces fit into the round holes. Understand? Uh, yes, sir. Now, this is a square piece. See? Now, will it fit into this round hole? Yes, sir. <laughs> no, Jobo. The answer is no. It won't fit in the round hole. Uh, yes, sir. It'll fit. <laughs> All right, Jobo. You try it yourself and see. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> Well, there it is. Fits real fine. Good Lord. You just squeezed it into the square hole. Well, did I do wrong, Doctor? <laughs> I think he's just as strong as they say, Doctor. And maybe a great deal smarter. And so, while her father and his associate prepare for a trip to the South Pacific... Alma Tillotson has made a pilgrimage of her own to visit the strange young man named Jobo. Is his resemblance to the gods at Easter Island only a coincidence? We'll find out when we continue in just a few minutes. A silent ship creeps through the darkening blue waters surrounding the lava-strewn coast of Easter Island. At the rail of the trawler, Professor John Tillotson stands and looks at the shoreline. Even now, he can see the silhouettes of the mysterious stone monoliths that stand sentry on the island. He's seen them before, but now, instead of excitement, the professor feels nothing but gloom. Outer space aliens... How could such a wild notion be true? Professor, I found the man. Who? Uh, the guy who sold Professor Klum that metal statue we sent you. His name is Pakar. Uh, uh, Pakar! Over here! Uh, yes, sir. The reason we had so much trouble trying to contact Pakar from the States was because he was in jail. Well, that doesn't sound very promising, does it? Does he speak English? Uh, yes, senor. I speak English. I have done nothing wrong. The charges against me were false. I have many enemies uh, on this it, island. It's all right, Picard. We're not here to make trouble for you. Uh, Dave, get the statue out of my gear. Right. Picard, do you remember a man named Clorman? A professor? He, he was an old man with a short white beard who visited the island last year. You sold him this thing? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I remember now. But the price he paid was fair. The sacred things of our forefathers have great value. All and... we want to know is where you found it. I cannot remember. 
Well, you told him you took it from a giant fish. Uh, yes. Yeah, perhaps that is so. And perhaps it isn't. Uh, look, Picard, fifty dollars American. Does that help you to remember the truth? Oh yes, sir. yes, sir. I do remember now. This statue came from the cave of Hotu Matua himself, Senor, a first ancestor. I am the only one on Rapa Nui who knows where this cave is. And I have been entrusted with a secret by my Aku Aku. Your personal spirit told you where the cave is? Oh, yes, senor. But do, do not ask me to reveal it. This cave holds much mana, senor. Sacred magic. The other sacred things of our ancestors are all of stone and wood. But the things of Otto Matua himself are things of silver. You're lying, Picard. There isn't a cave on Easter Island that hasn't been thoroughly explored by now. No one has seen this cave. I swear to you. And there are other things of metal in this cave? Yes, senor. But my Aku Aku is a jealous spirit and guards the cave against all but me. I I cannot take you there. Well, uh, what uh, would it take to convince you? How much? Cannot be, senor. Well, if you're not lying to me, Picard, I'll pay you uh, 200 American dollars. And if I find another metal object in this cave, an object like this one, I will pay you 500. 500? Mm-hmm. Well, what are you waiting for? Dear Alma, I had to write you this letter as soon as I could to tell you some astounding news. Dave and I have made a discovery. The cave that we entered today was located within sight of the old stone quarry of Rano Raraku. It was the private hiding place of a professional thief named Pakar. But that wasn't the most interesting part of our exploration. Because our friend Pakar removed a smoothly fitted block of stone and led us to an inner chamber. This auxiliary room was an archaeologist's paradise, my dear Alma. It was crammed with cave stones, well-cut pieces in the shapes of mythical beasts, the heads of gods and women. But then, Pakar showed us his most important possession. It was a bright silvery disc which lay in the stone lap of a small seated idol. If it turns out to be made of the same indestructible metal... Alma, I don't know whether this trip has been a total failure or an astonishing success. But Dave and I are returning home to find out. I hope you're home when we get there. And still not visiting your friend, Jobo. Well, Jobo, how have you been? Well, I've been all right, miss. Uh, Yourself? Oh, I've just been very anxious talk to you alone, Jobo. That first day wasn't very satisfactory. I mean, I, I still don't understand what this is all about. Well, I hurt somebody bad, miss. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And the Lord says an eye for an eye, although I don't expect they'll take my arm off the way they had to that wrestler fellow. Oh, yes, I heard they had to amputate. I'm, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm sorry, too. Like I said, I never meant to hurt anybody. Usually when people poke fun at me, I just grin at them. See, they can't hurt me. You know what I mean? Mm. My ma used to say that I don't hurt like other folks. And then when ma whipped me, it 
It wasn't the pain that hurt. It was her crying. You loved your mother very much, didn't you, Joe? I always did what Ma wanted. I read the Bible dutiful like she wanted me to, and every Sunday I heard preacher Quilt should say that God put us all down on the sweet hills of Tennessee to love each other. But, see, I see a mighty disobedience all around. Pierce to me that only Ma's love their children, and on account of Ma's, the only one who loved me. She said Paul loved me, too, but I, I never met Paul. They say the Lord loves you, Joe. Well, well that's what Ma told me. Well, why did he make me so big? Why, why did he give me such a comical face? Well, once my Ma said to me, Jobo, the Lord made you different from other folks because he had his reasons. Your pa and me knew you'd be a trouble boy, and that's why we called you Job after the fellow in the Bible. Mm. Now, you've got to have the patience of Job, son. It's his will. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. Jobo, tell me about that day. Yeah, uh, that, that day. Well, I woke up with a bad feeling that morning on account of Ma had the misery the night before. So I went to her room, and she was still laying on the bed, all white-faced and looking big-eyed on account of the fever. Well, you know, I, I, I said we ought to fetch Doc Blaze, and she said no. She said I'd best be hurrying to the Wernicke place and finish up the loading job old man Wernicke wanted done on account of we needed the money. So I, I, off I went. But when I was coming down the old road, I hear this, this car chugging along behind me. Hey, Jobo! Hey, you, Jobo! Hold up there a minute! Uh, hello, Dick. I know I, I got to keep going, hey, Dick. Hold on, I said. I want you to meet a friend of mine. Lou, this here's Jobo Haley. This is the boy I've been telling you about, Lou. Strongest kid you ever saw in your life. <laughs> Ain't it the truth, Jobo? You gotta be kidding me. This skinny kid. Well, this... Meet my buddy Lou, Jobo. <laughs> Number one wrestler in Tennessee, right, Lou? Soon as he whomps the mask Marvel Saturday. <laughs> this your idea of a joke, Dick. This this kid looks like a matchstick. Even his red head looks like a matchstick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It? I never noticed that before, Jobo. You look just like an old kitchen match. <laughs> but he's strong, loose. Help me. Jobo can outlift you any day of the week, right, Jobo? Now you show him, boy. All right. Let's see about that. Yeah. What you gonna do, Lou? I am gonna lift this baby right off the ground. Watch. Well, look at that. Clear off the ground. Both front wheels. Woo. You think you can do that, Jobo? Uh, I gotta uh, set this down. <laughs> well, what do you say, strong boy? Well, that's real good lifting, Master. That's all I gotta say. You do it better, Jobo. Go on, let's see. <laughs> uh, no, sir, I, I wouldn't do no better. Oh, come on, Jobo. I bet him five bucks you could outlift him. Go on and do it. Well, if, if you really want me to. Yes, Jobo. Go on. What happened then? Uh, I did what he asked. What did you do? Well, I lifted that there car. I mean, clear off the ground. Oh. Sort of. Wrap my arms around it and lifted all four wheels up, just sort of, sort of, you know, well, held it there a while. And oh. It wasn't nothing. I, I lifted wood heavier than that. So what did they do? 
Oh, it didn't do nothing then. It was afterwards, after I got home that afternoon and, and found my ma dying. Oh, no. I said to her, Ma, don't die. Please don't die. Hush, Jilbo. Hush. Now, you've got to listen to me, son. When I'm gone, you've got to do something. Uh-uh, go fetch Doc Blaze. Oh, please let me fetch him. Now, hear me first, Jilbo. When I'm gone, you've got to go out to Paul's grave back of the cabin. And you've got to dig it up. Dig up Paul's grave? That's right, son. There's a box on top of Paul's coffin. There's something in that box he left for you. You were supposed to see it when you was 21. See what, Ma? I was scared, Jobo. I was scared of, of that thing he told me about. The Aku. Aku. what it sounded like, miss. My ma was, was scared of something called uh, the, the Aku Aku. Oh, good Lord. Well, anyway, she got quiet then, and I ran off to get Doc Blaze, and I ran as fast as my legs could take, and then I saw that car again. Hey, Jobo! Jobo, stop! Uh, stop! I can't. I can't. Hold it, Jobo. We want to talk to you. Oh, where's the fire, Jobo? Uh, my mom's sick. I got to get to Doc Blaze. Well, go on, Lou. You said you could take him. Let's see you do it. Okay, farm boy. Here I come. Oh, no, please. Now I got no time for fooling around. Well, hey, who's fooling? Okay, funny face. Here I come. Hi boy, Lou. Right slip good. Hey, Joe, what's the matter with you? Why don't you fight back? That's it. Grab his arm. Let That's it. That's it. Stop. Oh, no, wait. Don't do that. Stop. Stop it! What did you do to him, Jobo? Well, I didn't want to hurt him, miss. I didn't, but I, I had to get help from my moss. So, so, so I took his arm and I, I, I made juice out of it. I see. Well, and that's when the police came, and so I never did get to dig up Pa's grave. And I still don't know what Ma was talking about when, when she said she was scared of the, the, the Aku Aku. Jobo. Hmm? We're going to leave this place right now. Leave? Mm -hmm. Well, how come? Well, I, I paid your bail. And that means you won't have to stay here until your trial. And I'll make sure you get a very good lawyer. He'll make sure that the judge knows that it wasn't your fault. Well, I, I, that's real nice of you, miss. On, on I that. want to do this, Jobo. But I also want you to do something for me. Well, what's that? I want you to go to your father's grave today. And let me come with you. Oh, sure seems like a blasphemous thing to do. <laughs> Digging up Paul's burying place. Your mother wanted you to do this, Jobo. It can't be considered wrong. I won't have to touch Paul's coffin, none. She told me that. She said that what was buried with my Paul was all by itself. And you don't know what that thing is? Oh, no, miss. I surely don't. I hit something. It must be the coffin, Jobo. Oh, I am scared, Miss Alma. I don't like doing this. Yes, yes, I know. 
The Aku Aku. It ain't that coffin. What is this? This thing I hit. It, it's a box, miss. It, just a little wooden box. Oh, that must be what your mother meant, Jobo. Can you get it out? Yes, miss. I got it. Oh, open it, Jobo. I'm scared to. Oh, no, you must open it. Oh, here, let me do it. Oh, you, you be careful now. If, it, if, if it's the Aku Aku, no telling, no telling what it might do. It's a little rusty, but there. It's opened. It looks like a, a piece of jewelry. My pa never owned no jewelry. But that's what it is. Look. Oh, it's lovely. It, it's, it's a medallion of some sort. A shiny silver oh, medallion. It hurts my eyes. Just looking at it hurts my eyes. And, and there's some sort of writing on it, but I, I can't tell what it means. Can you, Joe? Oh, no, no, please, ma'am. I can't look at it. I, I can't. Oh, what's the matter? It hurts. It hurts me to look at that thing, Miss Alma. Joe! Aku Aku, a strange word from another world, a strange silver disc from another time, a gift from father to son, only a gift which has caused Jobo Haley to fall unconscious to the ground before the startled eyes of Alma Tillotson. What does it mean? We'll learn the answer when I return shortly with Act Three. trial of Jobo Haley is over. It was a victory for simple justice, and Alma Tillotson had her share in the exoneration of the defendant. A frightened Deke Conroy admitted on the stand that Jobo had been provoked into the assault on Lou Dappler's arm, admitted that the professional wrestler had attacked first, and that Jobo was justified in defending himself. Lou Dappler would never wrestle again, but then Jobo would never be the same again. Nor would Alma, who returned to Connecticut and waited for her father's homecoming that same day. Hello, my darling. How are you? Fine. <laughs> Only I'm still mad at you for not letting me meet you at the airport. Oh, there was no need for that, Alma. None at all. Oh, you look so tired. Yeah, I suppose I am. I don't know if it's simple exhaustion or uh, disappointment. Oh, then the trip wasn't successful. Well, I'm afraid all I have to show for it is one more bit of mysterious metal. Our friend Dave doesn't think it'll prove very much. You mean an, another statue? No, not a statue. Well, Alma, didn't you read my letter? No, I didn't. Well, I wrote you about it more than a week ago. Surely that letter must have gotten here by now. Well, to tell you the truth, Daddy, I haven't even looked at the mail. I just got home today myself. You did? Mm -hmm. Where you been? Alma, don't tell me you actually went to see that that fella. I couldn't resist it, Daddy. I felt compelled to see him. I really did. The resemblance was so uncanny. I just felt there had to be a connection to the natives of Easter Island or maybe something even more than Oh, that. for heaven's sake, Alma. I was so surprised when I met him. He is the most exciting person I've ever met, especially after he dug up his father's grave and found the disc. What did you say? It was a bequest of his father, Daddy. 
You see, when Jobo's mother died, she told him to dig up the grave that there was something left for him. It, it turned out to be a strange silver disc. And there was some writing on it. Alma. Hmm? Alma, wh- wh- where is this disc, do you know? Well, yes, Jobo has it. He, he keeps it with him all the time. He's, he's afraid to look at it. The first time he looked at that disc, he became unconscious. Isn't that strange? Yes, very strange. Daddy, what is it? You look faint yourself. I, I, I have to see that disc. Then you'll have to see Jobo. He's here, Father. What? I brought him home with me. I'll go upstairs and get him. Jobo, this is my father, Professor Tillotson. How do, sir? Uh, hello, Jobo. Uh, please, please sit down. I, I want to ask you something very important. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Jobo, I've just returned from a journey to an island in the South Pacific. I found something strange in this island. A metal disc with peculiar markings. A bright thing that looks like silver. Now, my daughter tells me that your father left you something like that. As a gift. Uh, yes, sir, he did. It's a round, shiny thing, but I don't know what it's for. It hurts me to look at it. Well, I've brought that other disc with me, Jobo, and I've been carrying it about since my return from Easter Island. Will you look at it? Uh, yeah, yes, sir. The effect of the aku-aku is powerful at first, but then it can be... The first time I saw the disc was too much for my mind. And I could not support the shock. But what happened to you? The disc has released the power in me, Alma. What? The power which has been mine from the beginning of my life. Its effect might be described as post-hypnotic. I've come into my inheritance, Alma. The aku-aku has done this. You mean this thing? No, it wasn't an aku-aku in the mystical sense, Professor. There, There is no magic spirit in the disc. It might have been anything my ancestors chose to invest with post-hypnotic power. They chose the disc because it was an ancient emblem of our world. Your world? Jobo, you were born here, on Earth. Yes, Alma. I was born here, as my father was born before me and his father before him. But my distant ancestors came from a planet millions of miles from Earth. A world we called Aklia, which has, as yet, no name in your astronomy. Who are you, then? I am Jobo. I am the child of my father, who had the name of Seth, the grandchild of his father, who bore the name of Ephraim. We lived among the peoples of Earth, not as aliens, but as humans. We loved and married and gave birth here. For you see, this was our chosen home. Then you are different. No, our seed is as your seed. We can mate with the people of Earth. And so, we are your brothers in life. But yes, we are different. The child of Athia is born with a great inheritance. Memory. Memory that dates back endless generations. All that has happened to our race, all that is known to us, is known to that child. Each of us is a living record of our history. It's incredible. You mean you knew... You remember everything? All your father knew? Your grandfather? It was a gift from the creator, Mr. Tillotson. Perhaps as compensation for 
for taking away so much from us. Ours was a dying race. The flight from Aklia to Earth so many centuries ago was a flight of desperation, not of adventure. In the last agonies of our planet, this power was given to us. And uh, are there others like you on Earth? No. I am the last of my people. If I had never seen the Aku Aku, if I had not wakened to my inheritance, the soul and sacred memory of my people would have vanished from the universe. And you didn't know all this time? No, Alma. I knew nothing of my destiny. And uh, Easter Island, Jobo. What of that? That's where your ship landed, wasn't it? There were 40 of us on the voyage. 20 men, 20 women. But when we entered the gravitational field of Earth, the unexpected happened. An atomic reactor exploded. Half of our number were killed. And something even worse occurred. The explosion rendered the women sterile. They could not have children. The life of our race had ended on a primitive island. But it didn't end, Joe. It would have, Alma. If there had not been women of this Earth willing to see beyond this ugly face, this clown-like body. Women willing to accept us in love and understanding and to bear us the child who would bear the burden of our race forever. There haven't been many such women in our history. That's why I'm the last, the only survivor. And when I die, childless, we are no more. Joe. I'm a wait a minute. I love you, Joe. Come in. I've kept you away from this house long enough. Much too long, Alma, for an old friend of the family. Well, you didn't act much like a friend 20 years ago when you heard about my plans to become Mrs. Jobo Haley. Yeah. I was jealous, Alma. You know that. Hmm? How's he doing, by the way? You said he wasn't well. Oh, he's well. Jobo is just tired. He took to his bed three days ago. He isn't in any pain. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Hmm. I was worried when you told me. Uh, what about your son, Alma? Uh, Jeremiah. Oh, Jeremiah. Fine. He's in town right now, picking up a new suit. It's his birthday tomorrow, you know. Is it, really? Mm. He'll be 21. Dave, would you like to say hello to Jobo? Do you think it would be all right? Oh, I'm sure he'd like to see you. I'm sorry to hear that you're ill. I'm not ill, Dave. The truth is, I'm dying. What? I've known it for three days now. It was as if a voice spoke inside me. It said that my allotted time was up, that I should take to my bed and sleep. Well, now, now wait a minute. If that's really true, Alma should know about it. You should have a doctor. No, Dave. There is no cure. For a completed life. Well, that's ridiculous. I, I'm going to tell her. No. Sit down. Alma must not be told anything yet. Nor my son. I haven't met your son yet, Jobo. The time has come for his Aku Aku. For his inheritance. For him to be awakened to the memory of our ancient race. And homeland. 
You really believe that's true, don't you? Jobo? Jobo? Uh, Alma! Alma, come up here! What is it? Hurry, it's your, it's your husband! What's the matter? Jobo! I, uh... Huh? I, I think he's dead. No. No, he can't be. He, he told me that, that he was waiting for death. No. That he knew... It was about to no, happen. No, no, Dave, you're wrong. You see, there's there's one thing you don't know about my husband, Jobo. He will live forever. There is an old legend that says the earth trembles when a god dies. But the earth remained quiet when Jobo Haley, the living god of Easter Island, closed his eyes forever. But the next day, a new God was born. When Jeremiah Haley looked into the gleaming silver disc that was his birthright and became the inheritor of one of the most precious gifts of all, the gift which makes civilization possible, memory. I'll be back shortly. I guess I'm lucky. My family's always been healthy. Oh, a touch of constipation now and then. But we've got X-Lax for that. When you need a laxative, shouldn't your first choice be the one more families buy than any other? That's today's X-Lax. Families like the chocolatey taste. You like the way X-Lax works gently overnight for relief in the morning. Next time, make gentle chocolatey X-Lax your first choice for occasional use only as directed. We've always been healthy, and X-Lax is part of that. just heard was fiction, of course. But who can be sure that the strange gods of Easter Island are not monuments to visitors from outer space? And maybe someday, the people of our planet will be landing on the shores of strange islands on other worlds. And when we leave, will the natives build monuments to us? Can you see yourself as a god of Easter Island? Our cast included Earl Hammond, William Griffiths, Russell Horton, Evie Juster, and Jackson Beck. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.